Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from a black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black women health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl. Thank you so much for listening today. Over the past couple months, the podcast has gotten so much love. Our listenership has grown. I'm hearing from so many of you now more than ever, how the episodes are impacting you and resonating with you. You're sharing the episodes with your people, and I'm so humbled and grateful for you and your support. So truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. If you're listening, the day this episode is published, we took last week off and are coming off a holiday weekend, so we're still easing back into it. Somehow, it's mid-September. August and the first half of September had somewhere to be. (laughs) I am confusion, but here we are. Time is flying and all we can really do at this point is go with it. So today I'm excited to kick off our next series, which is the Connection Series. Connection is a vital need for all of us. And we've learned how important connection is more over the last year than ever before, right? We understood how important connection was when it became a lot harder for us to remain connected in ways that felt genuine. So for the next six weeks, myself and guests on the podcast will be exploring the different forms of connection and how they support our well-being. I got to sit down with some amazing guests to talk about professional relationships, friendships, people-pleasing, inner knowing, and more. And I'm starting the series with a solo episode talking about the relationship each of us has with ourselves, which seemed like a very fitting topic to navigate solo. But what does it mean to have a healthy relationship with yourself? How do you know if your relationship with yourself needs some support? Let's explore that and work through it together. So first I want to say my biggest pet peeve is when people express a desire for connection, be it romantic or platonic or family or whatever, and someone immediately responds with love yourself or learn to enjoy your own company. 
honestly, I think that's just rude and it's a slap in the face. And I promise you this conversation, this episode today is not going to be that. The relationship you have with yourself versus the relationship you have with others, they meet different needs and it's okay to desire to have some of your needs met by others. In fact, I would argue that I don't think as people, any of us were designed to have all of our needs solely met by ourselves. That is why we grew up in villages and and tribe and community. That's how our ancestors lived and survived since the beginning of time. And so we still have that embedded in us. We still have that desire to have support from others. And that is okay. That's a matter of receiving love and being in community. And I don't think that loving yourself is a substitute for that. So don't worry. That's not where this episode is going. However, the relationship that you have with yourself is really significant. So it is really important that we address that before we get into the episodes, diving into relationships with other people. Because I've experienced having a good relationship with yourself can serve as a compass in navigating all kinds of relationships, but it's not a prerequisite for having other relationships. So like many other areas of life, our relationship with ourselves can be greatly influenced by our inner child. And throughout this series, you'll hear mentions of the inner child and inner child work referenced in nearly every episode because our inner child really impacts our relationships. We all grow and evolve so much throughout our lives. However, I believe the essence of who we are, our spark, our core, that thing that makes us us, I believe that that is inherently within us and that stays with us as we grow. Now, our habits change. Some of our beliefs can change. Absolutely, as we mature, especially once you hit that point where you're in your mid-20s and your brain is fully developed and you start making better decisions, those are all the things that evolve and change. But that spark that you have within you, I believe that you really carry that with you. So if your essence, if that spark within you feels unsupported, or you have core wounds that need tending to, that can be a really important place to start looking to when you want to improve your relationship with yourself. Now, establishing a healthy relationship with yourself can be a little bit tricky because our relationship with ourselves is greatly influenced by our early years. It's influenced by our relationship with our caregivers, how they treat you, how they treat others around you, how you see them treat themselves. But the thing is, they don't always know how to meet our needs. And maybe on a, on a basic level, we had our needs met. And unfortunately, there are also a lot of people who don't even have basic needs met throughout the lifespan, but they, they didn't fully know how to meet our needs in a way that was unique to our essence. They took care of us the best they could or knew how, but without the ability to communicate, especially when we're really young, they don't know your essence. You do. You are the only one who truly knows what your essence is and what your essence needs. I've been having a lot of experiences recently where I right now at 32 years old am beginning to identify what some of my needs were when I was very young that went unmet and that have impacted me all of this time that I never fully understood or could articulate, but that I can trace back and now understand that that's where that need comes from. So 
it's really hard when you're taking care of a little person or when we're coming up in the world and we're modeling what we see, but there's something that's just off. There's something within us that is not truly being cared for or nurtured in the way that it needs to be. But you are the only one who has that information. And that is why once you reach a point of awareness of adulthood or when you're able to start tapping into these things, it's really important to understand what it is you truly need so that you can really foster that relationship. And if you're treating yourself how you were treated in your early years by people who didn't understand your essence yet, then there could be some room for reflection. That could be a really good jumping off point for improving your relationship with yourself. Now, I also want to emphasize the importance of tapping into that essence. I've talked a little bit about the self-development trap that I think a lot of us have fallen into. I know I certainly have fallen into it can be intoxicating to go after and romanticize that best version of ourselves, to think I'm doing all these things, I'm becoming that girl or that person, I'm being the best me, and it means that I need to change X, Y, Z. I thought that honestly my entire life until very, very recently. And very recently, I had an epiphany that Becoming my best self doesn't mean molding myself into something that's unrecognizable and overhauling and changing who I am. It actually means stepping into and accepting and nurturing who I am. And that is that essence. That is that thing that's inside of you that only you can tap into. That is the importance and feeling of coming home to yourself. And so when you think about what does it mean to come home to yourself, the answer to that question can really vary depending on the person, right? What it means for you to feel at home with yourself, to feel at home in your body is going to be different than what it looks like for me or from your friend or from your family or your partner or whomever. But what you do along that journey and getting there That is the essence of your relationship with yourself. So being that best version of you means being the truest version of you, not changing who you are. So as I've approached improving my relationship with myself, it really started with some reflection. It started with an audit, right? What does my relationship with myself currently look like? And how can I almost step outside of myself for a minute and look in and just observe what's happening here. Observe the conversations that I have with myself. Observe my reactions to things that happen. Observe my own behaviors. Observe my own thoughts and how I talk to myself. If I just observe, what does that look like? Now I'm going to imagine that I'm observing those behaviors and those interactions but I'm imagining that it's happening with another person. So those things that I say to myself, that I repeat to myself, those behaviors that I express to myself, I'm going to pretend that I'm doing it to a person outside of me. And looking at that, do you see yourself treating that person with kindness? Do you see judgment? Do you see maybe being kind of mean? Maybe being a little bit harsh? Maybe being a little bit critical? 
then that is what we're going to focus on. That is what we're going to work on. And then when we get to the point where those behaviors express kindness, compassion, joy, support, that's when you know you're in a healthy relationship with yourself. That's when your relationship with yourself is in sustainment mode. So I think it would be really beneficial for you to take a little bit of time and just observe maybe some of those thoughts that you repeat to yourself or the next time you make a mistake, because we all do it. What is your reaction when you make that mistake? What is your reaction? Or the next time something comes up that makes you feel a little bit uneasy or challenges you, how do you treat yourself? I'm going to share a personal example I'm in a season right now where it just, it feels like a lot of things are coming from my coins. (laughs) I've just, I've had a lot of expenses pop up that I was not necessarily planning for. And I know that I shared in my recent Q&A episode that I'm somebody who's a pretty tight budgeter. I track my money. I usually know what's going in and what's going out. And the end of summer going into early fall has just been, it's just been expensive. It's been stuff Like, you know, I had a friend's wedding and so being in that and traveling for that just had a lot of costs there. I had family stuff come up. I've had, you know, it was time to renew my car registration. I ran out of contacts. It was just all of these things happening all at once. It was, it was stretching my coins pretty thin and I'm still working on my money mindset. I told y'all that scarcity is something that I still work through. And I had an expense come up and uh, regarding you know a family event that's coming up. And a few weeks ago, my mom was texting me, asking me if I had booked a hotel room yet. And I'd been waiting because I wanted to wait until my credit card statement passed a certain point where me booking the deposit for the hotel would hit that next statement. You know, if you're a credit card user, you know what I'm saying. You got to you got to play your cards right when it comes to those closing dates. And so my mom was like kind of pushing me to book this hotel room right before the closing day was going to be. And I was like, oh, I really want to wait until if I just wait two more days, then it'll be on the next statement. That just gives me a little bit of room. And in that moment, I started feeling really harsh with myself. I started talking to myself pretty bad. I was like, seriously, you are now 30, however, years old. You do all this stuff. you you button up your budget pretty tight and you're still over here robbing Peter to pay Paul. You still can't just book a hotel room without thinking twice about it. Really? This is where we are? And I, I started having some of that mean kind of self-talk to myself. And then I had to pause and I had to say, wait a minute. If I was talking to a friend who was in that scenario who was like, oh, I just keep getting hit with these expenses. Money is a little bit tight. I would not go to her and say, really, you're this old and you're still having these problems? No, I would never do that. I would never even think that about anybody outside of myself. So why is it okay for me to think that about myself and about the other things that I have going on? Absolutely not. And so that was a good moment for me to pause, to reflect on the relationship that I have with myself and to identify, okay, That's an area that we need to work on in this relationship, the judgment, the timelines, 
the scarcity, the needing a bit of perspective at times, right? So that's just an example of a moment that happens to the best of us. Y'all, I talk about this all day. I do this work all day and I still have those moments. Truly, that example was just from not that long ago, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and it, I still have to check myself and I still have to call myself in and I still have to remind myself to be kind to myself. And because you are human, I'm sure that at some point in the near future, you're going to have one of those moments where you might be thinking something not so nice to yourself or passing judgment to yourself. If and when that happens, I invite you to reflect on that and to use that exercise of if a, another person outside of me, if my friend or if a loved one or honestly anyone else were coming to me with this problem, and explaining it to me, would I react to them how I just reacted to myself? Chances are your answer would be no. Chances are you would respond to them with compassion. You would roll up your sleeves and help them figure out a solution, right? You would offer support in some way. You'd be like, okay, what can we move around? (laughs) What can we make happen? Apply that to how you treat yourself. Offer that support take that breath, offer that patience. Those are the moments that we can really improve our relationship with ourselves. So I really want to circle back and I want to talk a little bit more about kid you, little you, or the truest version of you, who you were before conditioning that essence, that spark that's still within you. Let's talk about connecting with the truest version of you. I want you to reflect on your younger self. And it's okay if you don't necessarily have a lot of memories of life as your younger self. Some of that stuff gets hard to remember as you get older and also just from other life circumstances. Sometimes we don't have access to memories but that's okay. Memories are not needed. However, I invite you to picture yourself as that younger version of you, your core essence before you were worried about what anybody else thought, before social media, for those of us who were young and remember the days before we had social media, before we were influenced in those ways, what made you happy? What did you love? What got you excited? Another reflection question to think about from the perspective of your younger self that might be a little bit more challenging but is really important. What needs were unmet? What did little you really want or need that you didn't quite get? Chances are that need is still within you. Understanding that need can be a really big key to improving your relationship with yourself. I don't necessarily think that you have to put all the pressure on yourself to meet that own need. Again, like I said earlier, I think it's okay to want support, to want to have some needs fulfilled by others. 
But start with that awareness, right? The relationship with yourself is not about you meeting every need, but it's about you understanding what those needs are so that you can do what you need to do or go where you need to go to get that met. When I did reflection on this, I realized that a lot of what came up for me was around being seen and around feeling safe to be seen. Once I got a little bit older, I had some conditioning that made me really fearful of being seen. Being seen truly felt like a threat to safety. And so then I started hiding and going within myself and taking on this persona of somebody who didn't want to be seen. Although my essence is of someone who is meant to be seen. And it created a lot of inner conflict. You have this aura that wants to be seen, yet you're conditioned to hide and you're forcing yourself to shrink and hide. That's really hard to reckon with. So I want you to think about what were some of those things, maybe not material, although that is very real, but try and think about some of those things that were unmet, that are maybe not material. Did you have a strong desire to be seen? Did you have a strong desire to be heard, to use your voice? Did it feel like people just didn't hear you or were not listening? Did you have a desire to have interests that you could explore freely? Did you desire to express yourself in ways that didn't feel safe? These are the things that it's really helpful to be aware of and to understand as we look to improve our relationship with ourselves. Because then that can, again, be our compass to direct us where we need to go to get those needs met. Because the thing about that inner child, the thing about that inner essence, is this going to keep crying? (laughs) You know how little kids are, right? Little kids, if you're, you know, maybe under the age of five and you're not their main communication channel is like crying. And when a little one has, they've got it, just the idea that they're just going to cry and they're just going to get it out. The tantrum is going to happen. The same thing with your inner child until you hear them and until you start taking steps to acknowledge what needs to be satisfied there. So think about what you needed when you were younger that you maybe didn't have the words to ask for or the ability to create for yourself. And consider using what you have now to meet those needs. And if you're able to meet that need for yourself, that is incredible. If you now have people who can support you in that, that is incredible. But the first step to that is identifying it. And you are the only one who can truly do that. Now, there are tools that can help you, right? Things like working with a therapist can be incredible for helping you uncover that. So that can be a beautiful thing to explore. Journaling can be an incredible thing to help you just flow and express a little bit more. So if you want to have your journal beside you, you want to listen to this episode again and journal while you're listening, do it. But ultimately, you have to be the one to identify that for yourself. Other people cannot identify your needs for you. Now, another area that I would love to touch on, and this one is probably going to be a little bit more prevalent for my friends out there who may identify as someone who's more introverted or someone who is really comfortable spending a lot of time alone. 
I see you. I hear you. I am one of you. If social distancing didn't change your life that much, I, I see you. I hear you. I'm one of you. This next part is helpful for everybody, but it's going to be specifically geared towards those people. When thinking about your relationship to yourself, let's not confuse being comfortable alone with having a good relationship with yourself because the two things are not synonymous. Now, being comfortable alone in some contexts can absolutely be a sign of having a healthy relationship with yourself depending on context, depending on what that means for you, depending on your background. However, I've noticed for a lot of people, myself included, I'm speaking from experience here, we build walls and claim that it's out of self-love. And as someone who spent a lot of their life doing that, I can tell you that's not always the case. And it's okay to admit that. Learning the difference between shutting other people out and truly enjoying your own company can make a world of a difference in your relationship with yourself. Again, the difference between shutting other people out and truly enjoying your own company. There is a distinction. There is a distinction there, my friends. Let's talk about it. When we think about building walls, when we think about shutting people out, that very much comes from a place of fear. And that behavior can come for absolutely valid reasons. People usually don't do that for no reason. It is usually a result of feeling hurt or feeling like you don't belong or feeling misunderstood or feeling uncared for in some way, feeling like people can't meet your needs. It's a sense of fear, that fear of feeling like you're going to be out of control if you let people in is so vastly different than living in your essence and being really connected with that truest version of you and loving the hell out of that person regardless of what's going on and who's around and what job they have and what's happening, right? Big difference between that fear that you're using to protect yourself and keep people out versus being that ride or die for yourself regardless from a place of peace. So is your solitude in whatever form coming from a place of fear or are you just living in a sense of peace regardless, solitude or not? Something to think about. I can tell you up until hmm, maybe about... 10 months ago, maybe a little under a year, actually, right around my birthday last year was when my perspective on this really started to shift. I was that person all about keeping other people out, out of fear, spending a lot of time alone and feeling like I was comfortable spending time alone when really I was comfortable with my own self-pity. <laughs> I was 
comfortable in my own little bubble of being very critical of myself, which feels totally different than being like, I'm dope. I rock with me no matter what. (laughs) It feels so, so different. And I will not sit here and act like I've got it all figured out or like I am perfectly that person all the time because I don't think anybody truly is. But understanding that distinction of being where you're at and your relationship with yourself being rooted in fear versus being rooted in peace makes a huge difference. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is your sense of self-worth. Let's talk about self-worth. This is one of those topics that I think there can be a lot of judgment around. A lot of judgment and a lot of projection. The outside world will tell people, especially women, that we don't love ourselves, that our worth is low or whatever based off of what we do for work, how we dress, how our bodies present, who we're with, who we decide to be with, all sorts of things, right? especially as women, and we know our experiences as black women, sometimes people just don't let us be. And people like to project what they think our self-worth should be. And it is really important for us to collectively take that power back because our self-worth, frankly, isn't anybody's business, regardless of what we're wearing regardless of how we present, regardless of who they see us with, regardless of what our body count is or whatever. None of those things are reflective of our self-worth, particularly to the outside world. Self-worth comes from us only. So as you think about your sense of self-worth, I want that to purely come from you. I want that definition to come from you. And I want what you do to raise and maintain it to come from you. When I think about my own idea of self-worth and something that I've been exploring a lot, a lot, a lot lately, is just this idea of not settling in any area of life, be it work, be it relationships, be it how I'm treated, be it social media, business, all of these areas. It's having this inherent knowing of the space that I want to occupy, what I want that energy to be, who I want to share that space and that energy with, this knowing that I'm living in a way that my essence, that inner self, it really rides with. I'm a firm believer that our souls know what we want, that the desires that we have are put on our heart for a reason. And when we're able to truly ensure that those desires are attained, be it being loved properly or living in a way that brings us peace, that's what I mean, not necessarily like material things, but our environment, our peace, how we are loved, how we're in community, being beautifully supported. Like our inner, our inner essence knows what it wants from that. 
And when we live in this sense of knowing that we deserve absolutely nothing less than whatever it is that our soul is telling us that it wants, that to me is high self-worth. So I think that when we move about the world and we treat ourselves and we talk to ourselves in a way that is in alignment with those desires that our soul is telling us it wants, that's an act of high self-worth and that is the pinnacle of having a healthy relationship with yourself. Because when you're at that point, that alignment, you accept nothing less, that's when there's so much flow. That is when you have that incredible foundation that everything else, all your other relationships can be built upon. That alignment in knowing. And it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be in anyone's face. It is just that knowing that unwavering knowing of who you are and of what you deserve. And when you have that unwavering knowing of who you are and what you deserve, you don't have to prove it to anybody. You don't have to prove your worth to anybody. You don't have to prove your worth to yourself. You can be, and it's just there. And there is so much power in just being and just having that knowing exist. So I think once we get to that point where we're able to tap into our inner self, where we understand who was, who was young me, what did she love? What lit her up? What needs did she have that were unmet, right? What is she maybe still having that, that tantrum about? What has she been telling me she needs? Okay. Now we've identified it and now let's get aligned with it. That my friends outlines the steps of having a healthy relationship with yourself. It's not about perfection. It's not about making people feel bad for desiring connection. It's not cheesy. (laughs) It's that knowing. And it is that tapping in with inner knowing. So Let's sum it up a little bit because there were a couple of different areas. We went we went all over today, and I want to sum it up just to make sure we're on the same page while we take it home. When we first start examining our relationship with ourselves, take some time to reflect on how you talk to yourself. And one of the best times to do this is when some turbulence pops up, right? You make a mistake or you get frustrated by a situation you're in. That's the moment to just observe how you talk to yourself, observe how you treat yourself, observe your thoughts in that moment, and imagine that being your reaction to someone else in that predicament. And if you see that that is anything but kindness, compassion, support, understanding, then that can be where you maybe want to zero in and work on that alignment. So that's the first step identification. Next, getting in touch with that inner essence, that little you, little you. (laughs) What do they need? What do they love? What lights them up? What needs are unmet? Can you identify them? What is that core need? Is it to be seen? Is it to be heard? Is it to be accepted? Is it to be loved? Is it to feel safe? What is that, that 
core need that your inner self is looking for. And notice if there is some alignment between those moments where you maybe are not so kind to yourself and that inner need that you have, right? Sometimes there can be overlap there. So that could be good to take note of. So that's step two. Step three is that self-worth piece. It's getting in touch with that inner knowing of knowing who you are, knowing what you deserve, and really nurturing and being really kind with yourself until you get it. Those are those are my three, my three steps <laughs> that I'm at least working through right now as I approach having a healthy relationship with myself and that I think can be really relevant as you look to explore your relationship with yourself. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today. I would really love to hear your takeaways. I'd love to learn more about what your relationship with yourself looks like. So feel free to hit me up on the gram, head to Balanced Black Girl Podcast on Instagram and comment on the latest post. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was or maybe an aha moment for you. Cannot wait for you to hear the rest of this series. We have incredible guests who all just work and vibe in such cool spaces. Incredible, incredible conversations coming up about friendships, professional relationships. We're going to talk more about that inner knowing We're going to talk more about people-pleasing and how that's a common thread through so many relationships and how we can release it for better relationships. We just have so much goodness coming for you over the next six weeks. So please, if you are not subscribed, make sure you are. Apple Podcasts has recently been kind of going through it. They're they're having their own little version of a glow up. So subscribing to shows on Apple Podcasts specifically looks a little bit different It used to have a subscribe button. Now, instead of using the language subscribe, they say you follow. So if you were to go to the podcast page, there would be a little plus sign up in the right-hand corner of your phone. Go ahead and hit that plus. When you see the check mark, that means that you're subscribed to the show. So if you are not yet subscribed to Balanced Black Girl Podcast, that's what you do to subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, CastBox, I believe those other platforms still have a, a good old subscribe button that you can't miss. So subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. If this resonated with you, please share it with a friend. Next week's episode, we're actually diving into all things friendship with Brittany and Germany from Black Girl Bravado. Super excited for y'all to hear that one. So that's going to be a good episode to tune into. Make sure you don't miss it. Share it with a friend. You know, you know all the things. Bring We bring our people with us on this journey. <laughs> Thank you again so much for your support of the podcast over the past few months. It has meant the world and it has been an honor to serve you. And I look forward to continuing to do so. Thanks again for tuning in and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning into Balanced Black Girl. If you enjoyed this episode and feel called doing so, we would really appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Don't forget to check out the show notes and more offerings at balanceblackgirl.com.